0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency 9 Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, alongside my co-hosts, McLean Boyd and Jay Woodson. Welcome back, gents. McLean, it's been a few weeks. How are you? I'm, I'm better. I'm better,
1: to say the least. Yeah, Even, throat took it out of me last week. Oh, uh, man. Um, that sucks. I hate it. being sick. awful. It's just oh, terrible. Well, I was... I was in the bed. I was absolutely toast. And I actually woke up at like nine o'clock, looking at your text saying McClain, McClain. I'm like, oh shit. I felt, bad. I felt <laughs> bad. I did, I did roll back over and go back to sleep, but I did feel bad for, you know, seconds. About, went, uh, 12 seconds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jay, how you doing? Do you have a good trip with my wife last week?
2: Uh, we had a great trip. We had a great trip. We, we got a lot done for, for work purposes
0: <laughs> and for the listeners. Bad. It was a work trip. Uh, I think we've mentioned on this podcast that uh, Jay and my wife work together, and the Bruins just scored again. Let's go! Um, but yeah, I just kind of threw that in there at the end of last episode. Like, have fun on your trip with my wife, and people were like, "What? What, what was that about?" Like, you just kind of threw that in there at the end. Yeah,
2: it actually uh, was a really good, really good work trip. It was, uh, you know, not, not not that people care, but it was it was kind of a you know we were we we're doing some training on some uh you know personality tests you know to you know better outfit our our employees and and give them the things they need but yeah it's uh you guys I'm sure the listeners have done something like that it's like a you know Myers Briggs or a personality or index there's a lot of different types of per personality tests but yeah this one's culture index so um yeah it was good i mean we i mean hell i learned a lot about myself i mean i actually was was talking um to your wife today i actually took that test 7 years ago before i while i was still playing golf i was interviewing with another company when i was towards the tail end of my career I was like right, i need to find a job <laughs> and i uh, i was in, in re, interviewing with this um, insurance company and they had me take this culture uh culture index test and they say your personality doesn't change after the age of you know 12 13 14 teen early teenage years your personality is pretty much set in stone unless you have some type of you know major major life changing event um So I was, I was, I couldn't, I didn't really think about this. I couldn't remember, but I was talking to my wife and I was like, man, I've taken this before. So I went back through my emails and I did take this test. I took it in 2016 and my, I don't have the exact profile in front of me, but I do remember them talking to me about it. And my, my profile is a little different than what it was Mm. uh, or what, what it is now. So I'm like, Oh, I guess a life changing event means that you switch careers and you've (laughs) don't play golf anymore. And then you, you know, moving to an office, but, um, anyway, (laughs) but yeah, no, it's, it it was, it was a good trip. It was kind of cool. I mean, not only for just obviously work purposes, but just, you know, uh, golf in general, like I've I've spent so much time with Dr. Rotella and learning about personalities and what works and what doesn't work and how do you train? How do you teach and coach yourself? It was, it's, it's very intriguing. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely into that. And, you know, with, with my students and with myself and with my boys, like, how can I what's the best way to interact with you to get the most out of you is basically what what the the system is and it's uh,
0: pretty cool yeah Yeah. that that comes in a lot when you when you're teaching you can't teach every student the same yeah they Uh, they
2: all learn differently um and knowing their personality it certainly helps like some 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 people learn you know with you just telling them something they some people have to have you you have to get in there and physically put them in the position that you want um some are intrinsic learners some are extrin extrinsic extrin- extrin- no i'm not saying it right extrinsic Extrins- ec- extrinsic intrinsic intrinsic and extrinsic
1: how many viewers have we already lost um, <laughs> like 8 of the 12 listeners i should say yeah we heard about me being sick we've heard personality tests they're like man this podcast is really lacking (laughs) um
0: yeah we got what you we got you were saying there jay i don't even know if i think you've got me confused with the words now i'm not even sure what's right or wrong i'm not going to commit to one or the other because i don't want to be wrong so
2: extrinsic
0: yeah
1: but in, anyway, no. No. But that's validified.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, on another note, what are you guys drinking tonight? Bourbon. Did you say you were drinking bourbon?
1: I got a little Buffalo Trace. Wow. I did realize that originally I thought that bringing the bottle here sitting next to me would save a good some time and yeah. it was a good idea. And I will be clear, it does save time. The good idea thing is up for debate.
0: Yeah, on a live on a live heavy podcast, this could get interesting. God, it was so nice in my cobra. Jay, what are you drinking? I got Eagle Rare. Easy, it's good.
2: I could I mean, if I had fifty bottles of this, I could get rid of all the other shit, sell it, make some money, and I'd just keep fifty bottles on my bar with all Eagle Rare. I'd be fine. I'd be super happy.
0: This might be a podcast first. I am also drinking Eagle Rare.
1: Nice. Then you're um, drinking good shit, drinking good stuff. So, See, I'm trying to come in here and you know fit in, have a little <laughs> bourbon. And I got some natural drinks, <laughs> and you start with me, which is nice. It's nice, but at the same time, then I get one upped back to back. <laughs> I hear you. I
0: mean, yeah. Jay and I don't have, nor do we drink shit. So,
1: yeah, we
2: got the good, the good stuff.
0: I hear you. So, all right, let's, let's get into a little golf, um, Honda classic, Palm beach gardens right down the road from McLean. Did you go down there at all?
1: I did not. Uh, I, I I honestly didn't have the desire, had a couple opportunities, um, one or two invitations, free tickets and. I, I I just wasn't that intrigued, if I'm just being honest.
0: Yeah. So let's let's talk. I watched a little bit here and there. Um, didn't really see any on Sunday because uh, Jay and I were on the golf course just cussing up a storm. Uh, mm-hmm. Greens <laughs> so. were so fast. Oh, the greens were unbelievable. Uh, the greens were fantastic. Our golf games pretty were good. not unbelievable. No. Not bad. It was pretty bad. The Foundry, yeah. They were yeah. They were lightning, primo. They were really, really good, and so, but yeah, no one played well. And yeah, Jay and I were against each other. Luckily, he didn't shoot like a normal sixty-seven to sixty-five with when he's against me. <laughs> yeah, I played. I played pretty poor. Um, but, it, was a, it was a pretty even match because we uh, no one played great. <laughs> no one played well, so not many birdies to get it out of hand. Well, yeah, so I didn't see much on Sunday. I have. I was off today. I had a little bit of it on. The replay actually had the, l- the replay on in front of me uh, as, as well going on. But Chris Kirk wins in a playoff over Eric Cole. Again, not a great field. Not many highly ranked. There's only three top 20 players in the world. In the field, tough venue, really, really bad spot on the calendar with two designated events the previous two weeks to these coming two weeks. So the big names, even though a lot of them live 25 minutes away, are just not going to play. And they don't want to get beat up on this golf course, which can easily ruin all your confidence in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, and I think that plays almost more into it than anything. You know, it's I don't want to say a tricked-up golf course, but a very penalizing golf course. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. It takes a lot of, especially for the longer players, takes a lot of the big dog out of the bag. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that... Some of those guys enjoy that type of golf. Now it does. It does provide for some crafty golf. Um, you get some guys out there that, you know, I think of it like a, a Brian Harmon, for example, I, this should set up really well for him. I don't even know where he finished this week if he played, but long story short, this would be a course where a bulldog like that would go out there and potentially have a better chance at winning than he does on many of the other weeks.
0: Yeah. And I, so, and it always provides some good drama. I feel like it's always coming down to 18 every year, yeah. even though there's, there's,
1: oh, so much. there's so much opportunity for failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously you got the bear trap on 15, 16, 17, but then, I mean, you, you got all kinds of numbers you can make on 18. You could really have anywhere from three to seven be made yeah. on that hole. And so it always, there's been a lot of playoffs is always coming down. It always seems like it it's down to that last hole and, um, I'm not crazy about the golf course, but I'm not really crazy about much Florida golf to begin with. It's just,
2: I, I, I don't, I have say, I've been, what, what was that McLean?
1: I am saying, why is, why you got to bring Florida into it?
0: <laughs> well, that's where the tournament was played. Very blanket statement. <laughs> it wasn't in general. I'm not huge on Florida golf courses. They don't wow me for the most part.
2: You just haven't played the really
0: good ones. I've played a couple of good ones. Um, even still, it's just I don't know.
2: It's got to be the right conditions. I mean, that one, that one's just hard. You know, we've talked about this. We we talked about it last week, Mike. It's just a that's why guys don't play there. I mean, they would have come had this been an elevated event, elevated event. They they would have been there, but yeah, they're not going to choose to come here. Even the guys who live in the area, they're like, "I'm I'm staying at home this week and I'm not playing in it because it's Seriously. just hard. Like, there's so much water, it's so windy, and the greens aren't very good." I, I say that comparatively speaking to you know every other PGA Tour event, mm-hmm. um, they're they're super grainy, and you know they can they can thin them out, they can verticut, they can you know speed them up, but they're still grainy, so you're gonna miss putts you know, that you should probably make on other go- golf courses. So th- that's why these guys are like, ah, it's not worth it. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with the bear trap and not even the bear trap. I mean, you've got, there's like two or three different stretches on the golf course that are impossible, like 10, 11. Those are awful holes. Um, and then you turn around the front nine, you've got five, six, seven, those, the par three, the par five that's converted to a par four. And then you got a long par, uh, sevens, a long par three. I mean, these are hard holes. I mean, you got like three different stretches of three, four holes that are like just beat you up. And you're like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I mean, I'll pass.
0: Yeah. Um, it was, it was cool to see Chris Kirk. Um, one of the Georgia Bulldogs. What did I call him? He was part of that group a few weeks ago. I said was the nondescript, tall, pasty white. Looks like you, you said him and Harris English. They're and all Harris, like the same Harris English, Hudson Swafford, Brennan Todd. They're all the same guy. <laughs> uh, all the same guy. But I will say the the cool part of Chris Kirkus's story is a little bit of a redemption story. Battled depression, battled alcohol, um, left the tour for a little while to get both of those under control. Is is sober now, and um, was it five wins now too for Kirk? So not only is he battling these demons, but He's now up to to five wins, and that puts him in the company with some decent names: Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, like some big names. Like you would never think those guys. If you asked most people that follow the game of golf, you would they would never guess Chris Kirk has the same number of wins. Not got a flashy
2: guys. player by any means, but just obviously gets it done. He's got a kind of unique, unique swing, unique ball flight. It's a big sweeping draw. He's a um, short hitter. Short hitter doesn't hit it long, but just you know, he's got his game dialed in. He's got he's got it figured out.
0: And he's which made is cool twenty four and a half million dollars on tour. How, many, how much? Twenty four and a half million dollars on tour.
2: That's incredible.
0: That's a good career. That's like uh, an
2: incredible uh, career. Uh, now that that is nothing. That doesn't even count all the marketing dollars, all the endorsements, sponsorships. That's.
0: It's yeah, it like an extra right? hundred. It's like an extra hundred grand for him.
2: <laughs> I mean, more than that. <laughs> but yeah, I get, I get where you're going. Um.
0: Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, uh, tip my cap to him and uh, Eric Cole, thirty-four um, year old rookie on tour, still plugging away. You know, his dad was a PGA Tour winner. His mother was LPGA Tour Rookie of the Year. So comes from a long line of of so the six or seven brothers and sisters that he has. And so, you know, no one's ever heard of, of Eric Cole, but man, he's got a pretty little golf swing there.
1: He's got a, golf swing. Yeah, he does.
2: He's, good. He's, he's got, got a, he's a tough player, good short game. So Eric plays, and I've, you guys have heard me talk about this tournament in Pittsburgh that I play in every year. the Frank fear. So Eric has played in this for the last seven years. Same. I think we came in at the same time. So I've played, played quite a bit of golf with Eric, um, at at that event, super nice guy, very quiet, keeps himself. Um, he actually won that event a few years back. Um, and it's a really tough golf course hosted the U S open. This is, uh, uh, Pittsburgh field club in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but, um, it's hard, it's a hard golf course. So you have to, you have to really think your way around the golf course. You have to play good golf, uh, tee to green, but you have to have a great short game, great putter. And that's, you know, and that's, that's Eric Cole. I mean, he's not going to wow you with his length off the tee. It does have a, a nice golf swing, but doesn't overly really long. Uh, I think he gained nine strokes strokes, gained putting this week, which is really not sustainable. Um, and yeah, he in the made everything. Haul. He made everything. Um, but that that's his game, you know, that's, that's, that's how he plays. And I, I'm, I mean, it's, it's super cool to see him play. Well, he's a, he's a very um, low key guy. He, you know, doesn't really try to put himself in the limelight a whole lot, but just does his thing and keeps his head down and plays good golf. And it was fun, fun to watch him um, give it a shot. You know, I, I know he ended up coming up, coming up short there, but yeah, um, Super cool. And he handled it really well. And he even said in an interview is like, if you had obviously asked me Wednesday, if I would have a chance to go to a playoff to win the Honda, um, I would have been super excited given the circumstances in his current position. So um, he's in a good spot for the rest of the year. I mean, what do you make? 900,000. Second place. Like
0: 915,000. So, yeah. and with all those FedEx cup points, I mean, just some half decent events and he's pretty much probably going to secure up his card for the year.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, what more could you
0: ask for? Yeah, I mean,
2: for a guy his first year on the tour at thirty four, um, what a grinder, mid thirties. Yeah.
0: What was what's that, what's that? Um, that mini tour down there in Florida,
2: what's minor league tour. Yeah, minor league
0: tour. He yeah, is he's... top top ten career money winner on the minor league golf tour. Yeah, which is not an accomplishment. You don't want to be
1: on those lists
0: because oh. that means you've been playing in a lot of events there, and you want to be. Playing in bigger events. And so
1: I think I read a stat today where he had 56 wins. 56 wins. Yeah. That's, that's um, winning a lot of golf tournaments. That's winning a lot yeah. of golf and tournaments. Kind of, it's hard to translate that immediately to the PGA Tour, but there's a lot to be said about just getting it done that often. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is some incredible experience because Jay, you and I both know this. There's guys out there that have not won that many times. Over there, oh, their career. I mean, we we were talking about a good buddy of mine, Pat and
2: Kazire, and and before he he got on the PGA tour, or I'm sorry, the Corn Fairy tour, and had only won one professional tournament, one, one, and he got through Q school and then was on the Corn Fairy tour, and then it's like his the lights went off. He was like, all right, all right I know how to do this now, and he won you know, three times got the battlefield uh, promotion, but again, you just never know when it's going to click for guys. But, yeah. you know, even for, for Eric Cole's situation, 56 professional wins, regardless of the the tour or regardless of how many guys were in the field, you learn how to win. Like, you know, how to handle that stress because it, it really is the same. I know that people, they, they, they're going to, They're going to argue that point.
0: The stage is is bigger on the PGA Tour, but the feels you get coming down the stretch are the the same. The
2: feeling is the same. Like, you can get just as nervous trying to win your club championship on the last couple holes as you would in a PGA Tournament. Like, you can only get, I mean, you're going to get nervous. So, it's like once the nerves hit, like, uh, they're there, you know. It doesn't matter. Like, you've whether you've created these narratives yourself or it's money or it's the stature of winning the ch- club championship, holding the trophy, whatever it is, you've created these narratives that are, that are making you nervous. And it, it's not, that the, it, it's the same, the same feeling. So if you've done it 56 times, I don't care what tour it is and how much money you know, how to handle it. Are you, are you comfortable uh, with that feeling enough to, to get it done? So, it, that i mean that's certainly why he was able to put himself in that position i it didn't it didn't work out but i mean he still was right in the mix i mean yeah so hung uh, in there. There, there, there's something to be said for that the more times you put yourself in that position the more times you are going to get some feedback in terms of how to react and how to handle it uh, okay i did this today i lost what did i do what I, what do i need to do differently the next time in that position some people don't get a second shot um and, you know, and for those that do, they, they, they can learn from those experiences. And for him, he said 56 opportunities that doesn't even count the times that he was in the hunt and lost. Um, so 56 wins. I mean, there's something to be said for that, regardless of yeah. the stage.
0: So what what's your tags? I put this, this question in our, our agenda. So really poor field. Most people don't know who most of these guys were, are. Do you like that? Do you, is it a good opportunity for these journeymen, whether it's the, you know, the the old guys that are 45 and kind of playing up the string to kind of keep the, the, the juices flowing? Is it good for the young guys or would you rather it just be an off week? You know, we've talked about one of the issues on the PJs tour is too much golf, too many events. And now I think that's drastically going to change a little bit next year in some form or fashion as far as meaningful events. But what a... I heard someone say on the, on the radio or somewhere that, ah, should just just an off week. Just have no tournament.
1: Um, that that's a tough thing to say one, because that particular stop has been a long-term site for the PGA tour. Uh, I, I think they could potentially change the venue and probably get a little bit better participation. But I think at the end of the day, the schedule is always going to be big enough to allow for some events that are going to lack some of the better players uh, as a fan. Of course, we want to see the top guys dueling it out every week, but I also am a fan of guys having the opportunity to go out there and, you know, get some of that experience, have an opportunity to go out there and, you know, they have an opportunity to win every week, but we both, we all know that, or all three of us know that um, there are tournaments where they have a better chance. The reason the barb bar, bar uh what is it uh the Barbasol Barbasol say the barmuda but the Barbasol <laughs> don't
0: don't hurt that, the Bermuda Championship that's
1: Jay's event the, the, the uh, Bermuda is like they're like the same event same yeah, it's the I Barbasol did, and the Bermuda validified, together validified without question um <laughs> all I'm saying is that there there's been a long history of these events being a part of the schedule on the PGA Tour and we know that they allow for some breakthrough guys to get on there. And, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm, I am a fan of that. I am a fan of opportunity. I am a fan for some, uh, especially, um, some of the younger players to go out there and get that experience, get an opportunity to potentially put themselves in contention and get those butterflies flown and see how they react. And I think that's going to pay off in the better events and help us to breed a, a larger, um, stall of, of players.
0: So. If you would have asked me this question, if I would have asked myself this question last year, I would have said, just get rid of it. Just before the changes that have been made, I just would have said, just get rid of it. We don't need it. There's too many events. Um, now, with all these elevated events, I actually say, keep it. One, because of what you're saying about the kind of the local community, it brings that area a bunch of money. It's been a long standing event. Now, Honda is out, they're done. I, there are rumors that. I guess Nicholas said on the air that this event's still happening. He's been told by the PJ tour that it's still happening. My mother actually read something. She was there. I, my my family was there on Saturday. I'm talking to her today. She said she's read on the newspaper that there's rumors in South Florida that they're going to actually announce a new sponsor this week for it.
1: I've heard it's to Nissan. Is it really? i
2: that's I a step. That's I mean. a step backwards. Sorry for those of you who have Nissans, but
1: well, I I, I heard the uh, quote from the Honda executives that I thought was pretty spot on and and quite frankly pretty funny um, to a certain extent because they said back in the early 80s when they became the sponsor of this they were trying to make Honda a household name and it was like at, at this point I I think we're good yeah <laughs> <But> again, Honda <laughs> is without question a household a household
0: name, name. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I look at it now because I'm I'm not being told by the PGA Tour that this event is the same as the others. I'm okay with it. Now that they've kind of, there's this line drawn on the sand. There's the events that are bigger and better than the Honda Classic. I'm not being fed kind of the same. Oh, no, every every win's the same and every tournament's the same. I'm okay with this now being a lesser I know what I'm getting, right? I know the product that I'm now getting is going to be a lesser product than Washington Riviera or Bay Hill this week or or Phoenix because it's not the elevated status. Now, again, they, they're going to rotate some of these, and maybe at some point it is, and we see all those guys. I think they're going to need to change the venue to do that.
1: But I'm so okay with it. I, I want – what's up? There's so many great venues. Oh, there's so much golf. I mean, but even where that golf course is, you have Old Palm literally across the street. Um Panther National, the new facilities going in right there next door to it. And there's so many opportunities that I think yeah. you could you could change this venue, keep the history of the tournament intact because of the proximity of other quality properties. And at the end of the day, draw in a couple a, a couple more players.
0: Yeah. And I liked I like some of these stories. I mean, hell, Ryan Gerrard. I never heard of him. Monday um, qualifier finishes University
1: North Carolina grad,
0: Monday qualifier finishes solo fourth, makes a boatload of money, gets into the Puerto Rico Open this week, and you you don't the the doors that these events can open for some of the younger guys trying to make it. My point are awesome. So I'm I'm now for this event versus before I would have said I was just scrap it, get rid of it.
1: I, I all I think it needs, quite frankly, is a venue change.
0: Yeah, could be. Jay, thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean I I agree. I mean, I think I would have said the same thing a year ago cuz I think we've even we even mentioned that on on a podcast that like there's too many events like the guys can pick and choose, but now since they've since they've made these adjustments to the 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 feel or the the not I shouldn't say strength of feel, but the 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 money that that they're putting into these purses and with these elevated events Now it's like, okay, we're going to get, you know, know, 16, 17, 18 events where most of the top players are playing together. And then the weeks that they're not, it's going to be a chance for some of these, these other guys to to make a, make a name for themselves. Um, Then it, like you said, now, at least I know what I'm getting. And I know it's an off week. If I want to just catch a little bit of the golf, if it's a, I think, I, I honestly, I think keeping it at the Honda knowing that it's um it's a, a a golf course that's been there forever the like for instance the bear trap like people know
0: it's got they name recognition it,
2: they, it's got name recognition hey i want to watch these guys blasting in the water on the last four holes and people want to tune into that, you know, and now players don't want to play it, but at the same time, you know what you're going to get and it's an off week. It's not an elevated event. So, but you still tune in to see how they handle it. So yeah. um, I kind of like keeping the venue the same because it's got some history, especially if it's going to be a, an event, that's not an elevated event. Now that also can change in the future if they start rotating these elevated mm-hmm. events as well. So um I think, um, I, I, I think it's a good thing to keep it uh where it is the but. other
0: the other thing I think they could do hopefully is so we don't know how they're gonna structure these elevated events next year from uh you know how many players are in the fields and how do you get how do you qualify for these elevated events they ha- they haven't really changed any of that for this year because they're kind of this is a, a bridge year transition year to the new schedule next year they just kind of kept qualifications for all these tournaments the same same number of players for all these fields. It sounds like the elevated events are going to come down in size. They're not going to be as, you know, we're not going to have 144 players in in these elevated events next year. So could you make, let's just say there's 100, right, that get into these elevated events and and maybe it's the top 70 get in and then the, the other 30 are from various other qualifiers. Could you then say, top five at Honda, gets into Bay Hill next week. And yeah, so now awesome. these guys, not only are they playing for a big event currently, they can now get into a $20 million field next week. Ryan Gerrard can go from a Monday qualifier to a, a solo fourth finish. And now he's in Bay Hill, finishes 10th, and makes a boatload of money, and he's yeah. off to the races. Can it you know spiral that way? And you can promote it some should. guys you through these lesser events, if you will.
1: I think it yeah. absolutely should, and I think that's how Arnold Palmer would actually want it. Yeah, I think it'd be
0: a great way to kind of fill the back end of some of these elevated events is let's give these spots to the guys that are playing well in recent form, and hey, hey, guys, yeah, you you might not get into the first three elevated events, but if you play well enough in these other events, you're going to then get in.
2: Well, I love that. I think that's great.
1: Let's it's like a tour, time tour, time and then a tour, tour than a tour. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where you, let's put them in primetime tea times too. Go ahead and put them out there with some of the better players. Let them go ahead and sink their teeth in, see if they've really got it. They're going to cut the mustard or not. Um, I think that mustard. especially for a, a top 10, for a guy like Ryan Gerard, who's getting out there, give the kid the spotlight. Yeah. Let him do it. It's good for the sport. But let's provide every opportunity we can to develop people, you know, in any, in any any employment opportunity out there. The best thing that you can do is help develop people. And the PJ tour should be no different. Let's not send them down to Puerto Rico. Let's go ahead and put them up there and and put them in a group with, you know, JT and Max Homa. Yep. Let's let them go ahead and let's see hey, if you got it. This is your time right here cuz.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's a good way to make these lesser events a little bit more interesting. If you are going to tune in on Sunday afternoon and you're watching some quote unquote, no names, they could be playing for much bigger things than just that, that week for them. And I think that just adds to the drama a little bit adds to the storylines story that, the, that the TV 100%. commentators can use. And, um, so yeah, I, uh, I now want the Honda and these kind of events that don't, don't draw the big names just to stay on the schedule for a, a number of, number of reasons. So,
1: and, and they should you know they, there's a a nice opportunity for them to coexist and to ultimately like i said provide that trampoline for these guys to get out there but I think sending him to Puerto Rico and not bay Hill is kind of like a slap in the face like hey pretty good pretty good uh here's an all-field event
0: sure now, Hey, if, he I mean he's still happy it's I'm still down, a pj tour event where if you were to win wins, it.
1: it it's not a, it, this this one scenario isn't totally about him. Correct. Yeah. 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 The overall um, effect and the opportunity that the tour has, has the ability to provide, but is ultimately it's not set up that way. I think, and I'm not trying to throw shade. I just think that there's an opportunity to enhance the storyline, as you mentioned during Sunday, when the guy's in contention. And I think there's an opportunity to really give him the, you know, as I said before, the trampoline to Go ahead and submit yourself. You know we're going to put you under the spotlight. You're going to have cameras on you. You're going to be playing with two of the top players in the world. And let's see. You you you've played well. You got yourself to this point. Are you able to capitalize and stay here? You know, instead of you know putting them in the back of the pack. Because I guarantee you, we're not going to know the other two guys he's paired with at Puerto Correct.
0: Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. It'll it's a glorified corn uh, ferry tour event. Exactly. Por, Puerto Rico. So, all right. Are we do are we doing this now? Sunny, beautiful Mexico. Live Golf League. They're calling themselves a league now, not a tour. I'm not sure if you cut that. I don't know if that's a new thing or they did that all last year, but the the Live Golf League.
1: Invitational, right? Now it's a tour.
0: Yeah. No, now it's a league. I heard on the telecast that this is the Live Golf League you're watching. I'm like, what? But, anyways, first event of the year at Maya Coba, a venue that everyone knows from the PGA Tour. What what were your, what were your thoughts? How much did you guys watch a lot of storylines leading up into it um, with live that we can get into some off course stuff. Um, Most of live is off course stuff, but what were your thoughts?
1: I will say I really enjoyed having both the PJ tour event and the live golf event on at the same time. I did enjoy that. It's more golf for me. It was fun. The thing i really liked more than anything was charles howell the getting the w he's a really really good guy um journeyman of journeymen um seeing him break through put some change in his pocket it was it was it was good if they're if you want to try to call it a villainous tour which to a certain extent you, you could certainly um say that this guy's not that He's not that guy. He's not that guy. No, he's not that guy. He's good for anything that he's involved in, um, and it was good to see him get a win. I think it was good for live, for Charles Howell the third to win. Um, the guy is an absolute stripe show. Watching him at the golf ball, I think the venue was good. Um, we got to see some good players. The team competition left a little bit to be desired because there wasn't really, you know, that that tight leaderboard there at the end, but. Overall, you know, I, it's tough. So let me say this though. It's tough because me as a golf fan to, to the degree that I am, go out of my way to figure out a a venue to stream it, to, to show it, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter if they're going to put it back on YouTube. I'm going to find a way to watch it. I don't know how that translates to the rest of the world. I heard the ratings on the CW were pretty, pretty bad. (laughs) Um, uh, and that, and that's where it's tough because for me, where I sit, I'm like, this is great. I, I now have both tournaments on, um, deleting a couple of beers and grilling something on a Sunday afternoon. I normally like to have something on the smoker. Uh, it was, it was great for me. I, I get it at the same time that it wasn't they're they're missing something. They're missing something. It's, it's a good, it's good. I like it. I'm a fan of it, but there is something that I think they do really well in person that they haven't figured out a way to do for the viewers. You know, I think in person, I've heard the experience is fantastic and you can hear some of the music in the background at times and you can tell people are having a good time. And, and that's awesome. I don't know how that's translating to the viewer that is watching it on a TV. And I think that's probably their biggest Biggest hurdle is how do we differentiate ourselves the way we have in so many ways to the end user? Because we all know all the money surrounds TV contracts, um, everything from the entertainment perspective for the worldwide viewer, not the in person viewer. And as of right now, I think that's their biggest hurdle. Um, I like the competition. I like the golf of it. I like the team aspect of it. I think it offers an additional uh, aspect of drama that we don't normally get week in and week out. And I think there is some merit there, but at the end of the day, um, it does leave. I feel it does leave a little bit to be desired. You know, I don't need to see the WB frog in between commercials. <laughs> that was the one thing I thought was pretty funny. Actually, though. <laughs> the difference in the commercials was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. Um,
0: Jay thoughts.
1: Um, Mike, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm gonna let you guys go. I got a lot to say, so I'll yeah, let you guys go first. Do. I can see it. I can see it. It, it the
2: the little bit that I watch, it looks like they're really pushing the team, the team thing. the the, the team is in the forefront. Um, so I do commend them for that. I don't think it's catching on yet, but again, we all know that any type of you know new venture, new team, new tour, new league. Um, it's going to take time to build up a fan base. So it sounds like, or it appears that they're pushing that ahead of the individual side of things. So, I mean, I kind of commend them for sticking to that. And if that's just, if they're going to, if they're going to dig into that and, 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 and really latch on to that concept, then that's great. You just have to be consistent with it and stick with it. Um, And you have to really continue to push the team thing, which it sounds like that's what they want to do. If they're able to do it, um, then that's I think that's their best bet to be successful because I think from the individual standpoint, there's only 48 players. We all know that they're not getting world ranking points. Um, and we know that the fields aren't as strong. just just for the simple fact that now there, I I will say that there are incredibly great players that are top top 50 players in the world, but they're not getting world ranking points because of the field size. So I'm not saying that there it there's not great players there but the fact of the matter is there's a 48 player or 48 player man or 48 man field I shouldn't say man player field it is it is a whatever you get it <laughs> but there's also you're competing against a you know a tour that's got 156 uh player field so you know, overall, the strength, the strength of the field is not going to be as, as good. So they're really pushing for this team thing and trying to get people to latch on. So that that's what I'm taking, taking from it. Um, uh, they're allowing some different, some different things, a few different little rules here and there, maybe not rules of golf, but rules in terms of how, um, you know, watch the, you watch the sport and how these guys calculate points and, and so forth for their teams. But, if they stick with it and they can build some consistency, which they haven't proven up until this point, but if they do, I could see where some, you could get some fan and maybe in five years, if they stick around that long and you've got a fan base that really latches on. Um, and we, and and the viewer understands the tour. I could see where it it could, it could work and and be somewhat competitive. I I don't know if it'll ever be competitive with the PJ tour. Um, in a sense that uh, like we've got the DP world tour. So that's uh, essentially the second best tour in the w- world. And we all know that if the DP world tour is on and the PJ is on, depending on the field, we know what we're going to watch. So they've got to really come at it from a different angle to get, to increase well, at least the DP world
0: tour doesn't have to go against them from a TV window. Normally they're done and over in the morning. Yeah,
2: sure. Sure. Exactly. So,
0: right. But- that, that
2: that's the biggest thing that I've taken from, you know, at least the last couple of months, obviously the first event was this week, but it it just from, from watching the little bit that I watched uh, with the, with the scoring, the scoring board that they have on the left side of the screen, it's really tailored to the team and it's a little confusing to, to watch and to follow, but it's tailored to the team and not so much the individual, the players. So um, I, it looks, looks like that's where they're trying to, trying to gain some viewership but we'll see i
1: do like the team aspect of it and they are you're exactly right they are trying to lean into it It looks like they're going to try to basically just wait out all the current contracts that exist and put everyone in team bags team head covers team you know apparel to a certain extent um which i like that aspect to to some i the team apparel is the one that doesn't necessarily resonate with me i don't need these guys to be wearing fucking jerseys. they don't all yeah. have to have the same shirt on. I like the bag aspect of it. I like the you know the hats and little stuff like that. But I also like the bit of individual individuality.
0: Man, we're nailing some words we're tonight. Feeling it tonight with the, these it words.
1: Still didn't come out well. I need fucking Rosetta Stone over here. You you got it. Individuality. You you individuality. nailed it. There you uh, go. That golf does offer. You know, I think that's one of the things that does make the sport and does differentiate us from many of the other sports that are out there, you know, most every other sport, you've got some sort of team uniform that they're wearing. Um, and I think that outside of tennis, I think that's one of the unique things about the sport that, you know, I, I kind of enjoy, um, beyond that. I, I, I like the bags. I like the team aspect. I don't know what that's going to end up evolving into. I think they've made some steps in the right direction. It's obvious that they're just going to try to wait out, uh, current contracts of guys that current can't currently comply with their request based off of contractual obligations. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes and it may be something that ends up being great for the sport. We don't know yet, you know, there's, there's so much speculation surrounding it. And the fact of the matter is that in three to four years, we don't know what this could look like. It could get a lot better and provide a lot of opportunity out there in the sport the team aspect could really catch on. It's obvious that they're trying to create teams that are based somewhat off of nationality to a certain, to a certain extent, you know, we've got an Australian team, we've got some American teams out there. We have some other teams out there that are all, you know, from the UK or, or some sort of Spanish descent. Um, and that could be a great thing globally for the sport. I think overall, it takes time to to garner fanhood and and to garner that, you know, following that they so desire. But at the end of the day, they they could be onto something, and it, time will tell ultimately.
0: Oh, man, are you guys trying to filibuster me? Jeez, <laughs> God, and on and on there. All right, so. If any of the listeners want to roll their eyes at anything I say, that's fine. I've kind of earned that reputation as the live hater. And i, I
1: that's fine. You, you're allowed to do that. Um,
0: I'm not sure the live tour will
1: be here in three or four years. McLean. There's a very good chance without question. I agree with that.
0: I, I don't think this was a great opening weekend for them. There wasn't a ton of buzz about it. There wasn't a ton of buzz on social media. I think their choice of venue going to a resort in a remote location where you're not going to draw a lot of fans on on property wasn't great. And I think you guys are both right. I think if they're going to be successful, they need to go all in. I've this before. They need to go all in on the team thing and almost scrap the individual side of it because they're trying to go all in. But let's be honest, the purse is way bigger on the individual side. so. The money says it's an individual tour. Everything else they're doing, they're saying this is a team event, team tour. And to me, when I, so I watched a lot of it on Friday. I watched a good bit of it on Saturday and then I I didn't see any on Sunday. Again, I didn't see the PJ tour on Sunday because of work and, and playing golf, but it's not a different enough product. So for the average fan that's flipping through the TV and they come upon that, it's just golf. The graphic's are a little bit different, but so it is between NBC and CBS. The voices are a little bit different. Some of the players you know and recognize, some of them you don't. There's a lot of name recognition on the tour. I'm not sure how good some of them are anymore because they're at the latter side of their career. But the product is not different. The telecast is not different enough to draw a lot of fans. I think they need to go all in on the team thing. And yeah, you can see they're all got team, team unis, um, team bags, team head covers. They keep trying to sell us on this. Oh, there's going to be trades and free agents and a draft, and we haven't really seen any of it. We don't know how the teams are put together. If you want to show, if you want to be revolutionary and change how golf is viewed, then be different but they're just on the fringes of being different They haven't really gone in if if you want to draw people away they did a point two rating what was the um what was the uh the world's funniest animals which is also on the cw did a better rating than live golf like that that's not good for your inaugural this is our show this is First of many we're changing how people view golf. I think the average fan doesn't know where to find it yet. I <laughs> mean it was easy to find on Saturday and I mean Friday was hard because you had to download a CW app to watch it. No, but, but Saturday no, and Sunday no it was it was easy to actually it was like the on my on my guide it was like the fourth channel to pop up like it just I was like I, I agree with you. I agree with so, you.
1: what I will say though is that the average golfer is a 54-year-old male that's a stat it's absolutely proven yeah the average 54 year old is still not the most technical and this is not a negative so i know we have a lot of viewers in this age group this is not a negative to anyone it's just more a statement of reality across the board not necessarily golfers not necessarily because i know i'm going to get some hate for this but at the end of the day i still don't think that the generational technology has reached that current massive group that takes up the majority of our sport. So I think at the end of the day, as, and, and you may be right, Mike, Lib golf may not be around when this comes around. But if you look at people in their 40s, 30s, 20s, as you get into a lower age group each time, they view things totally differently than we view things or, or the generation older than us views things. The generation older than them views things, and they don't know yet that that's where they have to go. Now, this does not speak for the entire age group. So, no, I, 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 I
0: get that, but I think, I mean, some people would actually argue YouTube's easier because it's the most it's the most popular website in the entire world with billions of people. Some people would argue CW is easier for that older demographic that's just sitting on their couch
1: with the clicker in their hand have watched golf historically for 25 years. And they find it on NBC, CBS, uh, and the golf channel.
0: Yeah, but they're going to flip past it on the CW. It's a channel everyone has. It's 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 close to those, all those major networks, but I forgot where I was going. Um, you're going to help me. Oh, oh, the thing about the thing about being on the CW, the worst part is now they have commercials where, they showed a lot of golf before. And I said this before YouTube, they showed a lot of golf, but the the best part about YouTube never gave the viewer an opportunity to click away. When that goes to commercial, guess what people are doing. They're flipping to another station and they may yeah, forget to come back when it's on YouTube and there's no commercials that you, you have that viewer. There's not a break for them to go do something else. They're not going to flip the channel to go see what's going on in the basketball game. Um, and so I think I think they lost that as, as the best part of kind of their viewing experience as just someone sitting on their couch. Other than that, their broadcast team is still god-awful. I forgot how bad they were. <laughs> They're just terrible. I'm not sure what happened to David Faraday. He's not good anymore. I mean, he was already on the downside of his career, and his stick was getting a little old to begin with. But Jerry Fultz, I mean... I, he must wear Saudi Arabian underwear. I mean, he is just a complete shill saying that Greg Norman was the most recognized athlete in the 80s or 90s, which is completely false. Like, I, I, it's just, I just get in the same, and Arlo White doesn't know anything about golf. He needs to go back to soccer, <laughs> you know, and Fultz is just giving me this shit every single time about how great it is and how bad the PGA Tour is and The official world golf rankings, the evil and obsolete. And um, it's just, oh, come on. It's just the, what that Don, I don't know what the hell his name is. Um, He was, he's bad. It's just not good. They do these stupid prepackaged bits when, like, dude, just show golf. Like, don't do the prepackaged bits. They're cheesy. They're cringeworthy. They're Mickey Mouse. Just show golf. Just, who just is Shogon? Don who? I'm, I don't. I don't he's know. He's one of their on-course reporters. I, I I'd never heard of the guy before till last summer with Live. Um, I forget his last name, but he's has no idea what's going on. And so I, I don't know. I just they need they need bigger names. They need to create some buzz. They didn't get bigger names. They were talking a big game in the off season, and you know they got Thomas Peters at the last minute and had to hold up announcing some teams. Uh, because he wanted to to come over last minute, and so um, I, mean, I,
2: I personally love the live tour.
0: That's awesome. Good for you.
2: I, you know why? I don't think he means that, Jay. Uh, <laughs> I love the live tour for every reason that I've said that I've loved it from the frigging beginning. The this is created a much better product, even we, this is faster than I even thought that it would happen. Now we've got the PGA tour with elevated events. Every other week we get the best players in the world are for the most part playing together, which is the, the, the main goal. You know, if, if, the PGA tour wants to give, let these guys come back after a year ban, which has been, there's been talks of that, then that's great. But most of them, Again, I mean, we we've all agreed that there's only maybe a handful, less than a dozen of those guys who really would even compete um, to be a top five, top 10 player in the world. Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, you know, I mean, there's only a few. So if they don't make it, then, I, you know, honestly, I don't really give a shit. I'll be honest with you. I don't care.
0: No, and uh, I'll, I'll be the first. Do, to admit. Yes. They, do I do I, them, do, do? I want
2: them. Do I want? do I want to see something different? Yeah. It'd be cool to have a different tour and and have a team format, but, um, you know, I think the damage is already done. So whatever, whatever they set out to do, um, for, for the, for the golf enthusiast and the golf viewer, they did and, and mission accomplished. So if you want to stick around and you want to keep trying to, you know, get a piece of the pie and, and, and dig into the market share, good luck. Um, you better do something different. And if you do great, I'll watch it. But if you don't, you, you know, you, the damage is already done. The wheels are already are set in motion. And now we've got a better product than we've ever had in a, since Tiger was in his heyday. So um, again, that was, that was my whole thing. I, I, I was, I, I've always said that. Like I think competition's great and and they pushed the PGA tour to do something different than they've done. And, and honestly, I just, I really, I don't even know what else to say. I just don't really give a shit. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not the right answer because we're a golf podcast and we should have an opinion, but I just don't really care that much whether they make it or they don't make it because I feel like, you know, hey, what, what we wanted was the best players playing together, and now we're getting it. And if well, the, if the them. live guys want to come back, then they come back. Great. If they don't, they don't. There's only 48 of them. And most of them are guys that most people didn't really care to watch anyway, for the most part. I don't want to throw I don't want to throw Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson because those guys are incredible. No, there's player. some relevant
0: names and on I, there. Absolutely. And I would
2: still like to see those guys play. And we still will get to see them play in majors, which I know is, is another topic that we want to talk about, which I think is the right thing to do for the time being, until they work themselves out of it. And if they if they don't play well enough in the majors and they're not getting world ranking points for the live uh live events, then then you don't qualify, you know, yeah. so.
0: no, I mean, I, I, I will be happily to admit that this is way faster in, in the, yes, the competition, the existence of live has, has forced the PGA tours hand and, and fortunately, the players have, have, you know, bought in it was almost really their plan that the, the PGA tour, you know, adapted. Um, and so, yeah, I I I a hundred percent agree that the PGA tour is better because of live, but, um, I, I don't like the, again, the product's not that good. I don't like any of the people involved. And so um, most of what they say is just complete utter bullshit. And they still, they still spew it from their mouths. Um, you know, these that's the best part about it is like, people are like, oh, you're gonna watch live. I'm like, yeah, I do watch live. Um, one, because if I'm gonna talk about it on this podcast, I need probably need to watch it so I can and educate it, especially if I'm gonna bash it um, 99 times out of 100. So yeah, I mean, the, 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 material, the material writes itself most of the time, especially when these guys get in front of a microphone, Pat Perez, just, you know, Oh yeah. I love being here because the PGA tour is not like dude, a year ago. There's all kinds of quotes of you saying how bad the live tour is. And you don't want to go play for Saudi Arabia. And these guys are a bunch of sellouts and hacks. And now you're one of them. You got Sergio yeah. Garcia, Colin, um, Maybe the most hypocritical thing I've heard in a long time, Sergio Garcia saying his friendship with Rory McIlroy is over because Rory is an immature child. And Sergio might be the most immature child we've had on the PGA Tour in the last 20 years with his actions. And it's just like.
2: And and, that's gone both ways. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to defend Sergio, although you guys know that I do like like me some Sergio, but I do like I do like Rory. Um, And Rory can be a little bit of a baby himself. And he's even said the same thing in the exact same tone like that. He's even said that that relationship is, uh, is not repairable. It's like, it's, it's, I agree,
0: but he didn't say because Sergio Um, was being an immature child,
2: uh, even though he is, I don't know if he, he didn't use those exact words, but um, he did. He said it more professionally, I guess. Yes. Um, But yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, Sergio was quoted in a in a European tour meeting. He stood up and said before Liv got started and he was going, he goes, This tour is shit. You're all fucked. (laughs) Like, and and Rory is the immature one. Rory's not the one spitting in cups and and lashing at bunkers every time he gets a bad shot and then whining and complaining about everyone else. I
2: feel like like Sergio is like your kind of guy. Like I feel like you would love Sergio because you guys just speak your mind, you say whatever. Whatever, whatever the consequence, you just get it off your chest. You just say it like you guys should be like no, there's, different ways of, there's different
0: ways of doing it. There's different ways of doing it. <laughs> he's just a whiny um, little immature bitch. He is. I mean, he always has been since the day he got on tour. He's been a whiny little immature bitch, and he still is to this day. And he's 40 something years old.
2: Well, I mean, I again, I wonder if that's a, a cultural thing because uh, you know John Rom has given put himself in a position to where he's made some comments that people have said the exact same thing. And, and I mean, Rom speaks Stevi Stevi his mind, was...
0: but not as he's not immature. He 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 might speak his mind, but Rom has a little more of a. He seems a little more educated than Sergio, and he comes at it with a little bit more class. He may say some things that maybe go against the green or or you know, could classified as outspoken. Um, but Sergio is just a whiny little bitch and he has been forever.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that. Um,
0: so sure. Um, I mean, it sounds like some of these guys have been multiple reports now that some of these guys are just kind of second guessing their thinking that they don't like the way the tour is run. They don't like how much control the tour has over them and these things that they have to do for this tour. And yep. you know, Brooks, Brooks is the one name that's been put out there um, as someone who's who's regretting it and may want to come back to the PGA tour or find an avenue back at some point. And it sounded like today um, I heard another report that a couple other guys have been, have been saying some things. I, I meant to write down, I was listening to a podcast, um, the shotgun start, they had talked to an agent or a representative of one of the live players. And that guy gave him a quote, like some guys are starting to see what this is all about and aren't, aren't loving it. And I'd be curious. So I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't think I put this in the, there was a Twitter thread from kind of this business um, law sports, business and law guy who's been following all the legal proceedings. And I guess, and part of the discovery is they put out, Liv had to give out one of the contracts. It didn't say which player, or if this was just maybe just a generic one of their contracts. But man, remember—I don't know if you guys remember—the the judge in the initial ruling said, "Man, these live contracts are pretty restrictive, way more than restrictive than what the PJ Tour rules have put." In Without place. giving us really any detail, though, just just a blanket statement. Saying well, now the contracts out, and there's yeah, um, I'm not going to read through all this. The guy's name is John Nucci. N-U-C-C-I on on Twitter. But basically, the Live Tour owns these motherfuckers in every way imaginable. Um, Way more so than what the PGA Tour restricts as as far as... I mean, they own their media rights. So, like, Phil started this whole thing bitching over the PGA Tour owning his media rights. Well, now Live owns your media rights. So what's the difference? Like just got, he
2: got 10 times as much money. (laughs) Yeah. He
0: got, he got more money, but you know, he doesn't own his, his rights. He still has to, if he wants to use his own things, he still got to pay live to to do it or do his own, whatever NFT on the side. Like, well, I mean,
2: I, I mean, I hate to say this, but it was like, I feel like that was obvious. Like, you think that you're going to go over there for a hundred million dollars and they're not going to have you on the hook for something like that. I'm not going to give you a hundred million dollars, 150 million dollars, or whatever he made. Um, for most of these high-end players, for for you, just go over there. You just do whatever you want. Like, come on. You're, I mean, that's you're naive to think that. Like, I mean, I, that was. I mean, I didn't even read the contract, and I knew that that was the case. Like, you sign sign your life away when you go do this. That's fine. And I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not bashing them one one way or the other. I mean, I. <laughs> Hey, I, I, if I had a chance to sign for a hundred million dollar contract to play golf, 18 events a year, I, whatever, you tell me what you want me to do, where I need to be, where, what live hat do I need to wear? I'll wear a freaking clown suit. I'll do it. Yeah, Whatever. Um, you know, I, I'm not blaming them at all, but
0: you know, like you it said, sounds like some of these guys he, didn't realize, which probably means Norman it, was giving them the old bait and switch when he was selling them on this thing. And, um, Well, then that's their fault.
2: You read the contract. You mean you you got a contract for a reason. You read it, and if it doesn't match up with what you want, then you don't sign it. (laughs) I mean, that's your fault.
1: No, absolutely. That's their fault for for signing it. Look, Shifting focus slightly, I think that we will see a lot of these guys back on the PJ Tour. I think that they are in a contract where they may have feel like they've given up some form of control, which is understandably understandable um but i also think that we have yet to see a contract expire and figure out what the next player is going to do now if the t- if the tour is still or the league whatever you want to call it is still intact that will make it for a much more interesting statement or a much more interesting predicament i should say um but at the same time you know we have yet to see one contract expire and see what a player decides to do after the fact, because it's still so new. I've heard most contracts are somewhere in the four year range for the top players, which I think is what basically they, the fund or the the Saudis have really put into it. They say, look, we're going to fully fund this thing for four years, but at the end of that, we don't even know what they're going to do. So let's say it does go on in perpetuity. What's the player's going to do? You know, we haven't seen that aspect of it yet either. So there's a good chance that we do have some players that decide. All right, yeah, I I fulfilled my contract. I'm now legally clear of any uh, involvement in that league. Yeah. Where am I going to go? I also, without question, think that the PJ Tour is going to have some sort of avenue for these players to return because it only better[s] their product. Now, what that looks like, we, again, we we don't know, and it's purely speculation at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think the the PGA Tour. I heard someone say, "Oh, the PGA Tour is not going to let these guys in the back ever." No. I think it was someone at my club. I was like, "No, I think they will. They'll make them serve some sort of suspension. Yeah. They might restrict. They might say, hey, even when you do first come back, you even if you qualify on points, you can't make the tour championship.' You know, they yeah. they might say something, penalize them in a financial way. They can't win any money on the PIP." but they it's, want these guys back cuz they want to oh, say ha ha we won fuck you Greg Norman sure Mourman. without question sure
2: it's 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 to their it's to their benefit to to pull a player the first guy that does it is like it's going to be a domino effect you know whoever decides to do it um you know i i said in the beginning i was, uh, you know i was like you know D, uh, dustin johnson not phil but dustin was the first high high profile player to say look i'm going Uh, And that's where it all kind of I think I think that he was the the guy who who set all the wheels in motion. He broke down barriers. Yeah, he broke down the barrier to and I again, you guys can in 20, 20 years, 15, 20, 25 years, regardless of what happens. I think the PGA, I think PGA tour, not just PGA tour, but professional golf is going to be better because of this situation. The live Cor- live tour could be gone by then, but we're going to look back and be like, who, were, who was the, you know, who, who were the, the group of guys that were the pioneers to kind of change the way that we looked or viewed uh professional golf. And I think Dustin Johnson is silly as it sounds. He's going to be the guy that said, you know what, he was the first high profile, high profile player that said, you know what, I'm going, I'm go, I'm doing it for the money, but I'm, I'm going, I've got everything to lose here, but I'm just going anyway. Um, and he set the wheels in motion. So I think you're going to see the same thing on the back end, um, depending on, I don't know when that will be. I don't know if it's two years, you know, three years, four years, maybe a year, but you're going to see a big high profile player go back and crawl back with a tail between the legs. I, in my, my guess is it's going to be Brooks Kepka is going to be the first guy that says, Hey, I want to do it. I'll sit out for a year. I'll take my suspension. I'll take my, I'll take my fines. Uh, I'm still young enough to where I want to still be relevant. I've got four majors, you know, he's got four majors. He's probably the most decorated player on the, on the live golf tour. He's got the most to lose, in terms of a uh total brand and total legacy. And now he's seeing that, like, hey, there's no viewership. I'm losing sponsorship because of this. I'm not in the limelight. I'm not irrelevant. And some of these guys, not some, a lot of these guys are they're hungry for attention. You don't play professional golf, an in individual sport. And and I don't, I don't care who you are. I'm the first to admit, you know, I I that was that was cool. I wasn't like my main goal. I, I love playing golf and I wanted to do it because it's an I, end
0: product of playing well.
2: Yeah. It, it, but you were like, hey, that's a byproduct of being a professional golfer. You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm in the mix. Like I'm, I'm relevant. Like these guys, they thrive on that. And there's guys that are going to lie to you and say, Oh, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just like playing good golf. And, uh, you know, but that's bullshit. You don't fucking play an individual sport like this. And you don't care about being in, in the mix. If you, if you, if you tell him, if you tell me anything other than that, you're lying. Yeah. If if you if that were the case, you would just do something else. You'd be a you play a team sport. Well, that's also um, why they
0: have so much money is because people care about it, seeing them and, and watching them it, on TV. And
2: exactly, exactly. So I'm not saying that's the main focus. I'm not saying these guys are all like fame hungry and they that that's it. But it, it's a byproduct of 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 being really good at something at, at a at a sport. Like you're yeah. like, hey, wow, I'm I'm doing this myself, like. You know, people are watching this. That's cool. I want people to watch me. So Brooks Kepka, he can't handle not being in the limelight. Dustin Johnson, I don't know if he really freaking cares. I think he really just wants to do his own thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if he just faded off into the sunset and was which would never, suck. Which would suck because he's a he's a phenomenal player and he's he's fun to watch. Um, but Brooks Kepka, he needs it. Like he wants it. He has to have it. I mean, based on the the Netflix, um uh, the Netflix documentary, he's so volatile and he, and, and he lives and dies by how he plays in every week. So he is, you know, uh, again, I think he's, he's totally looking at how people view him and that's, that's how he, that's how, how he feels about himself. Like how, how good did I play? People love watching me. They like watching me. They think I'm great at golf. I'm important. And then when I, when I'm not playing well, and I'm on the live tour, I suck. These guys, I can't compete with these guys um so you know it it is what it is i mean that that's a big part of why these guys do what they do yeah so it wouldn't surprise me if he's the first guy to kind of move his way back or try to
0: yeah absolutely so a couple of the the real newsworthy items Mm -hmm. on on live um they had a big loss in the courtroom as far as the legal battle against the pga tour pga tour was asking the courts um to basically have discovery and then be able to depose the pif and yasser al ruman I'm going to mispronounce his name he's the head of the saudi pif public investment fund that that funds LIV golf they were trying to claim that they're a sovereign nation and they're you know don't have to do that because this is United States and they're Saudi Arabia but the courts here say no you're doing business in the United States so Your business is our business. And some legal experts are saying that, you know, they're going to appeal the shit out of this because they don't want any kind of discovery. They don't want the Saudi Arabians' business affairs being put out into a public courtroom in the United States. And they're going to appeal, appeal, appeal. And some legal experts are thinking they're then they're just going to drop it because they do not want these people deposed and have to give up emails and text messages and um contracts and all those kind of business stuff. And they said that was a massive blow uh, to live golf in in, in Saudi Arabia. So curious to see how that goes. Uh, I thought we were supposed to get a legal proceeding um, in Europe, as far as the players on on the DP world tour in February. Uh, But here we are in February 27th, with one day left uh, in the month. And we haven't heard anything yet, as far as if those guys will be able to continue playing over there or not. Uh, Other thing, the PJ of America came out as the last major to say that live golfers can play as long as they just meet their qualifications. They have not changed their qualifications in any way, which follows suit with the the USGA, the RNA and, and Augusta national, um, for the other majors. And I think, you know, again, I, I don't like live. I hate a lot of those guys, but they sh- should be, if they're qualified. They should be in the majors. The majors need to stay out of this fight. This is a fight for the tours. Um, we're trying to determine the, the four major winners in a given year. We should have the, the strongest field that we can possibly have and if include some live guys. And I mean, there's a bunch of them that have won majors that are still on their five-year exemption to get into all these things, not to mention yeah, some of them, most of these majors, uh, except for the U S open um, allows all past champs to play given to a certain age. So, yeah, I, I know there was, there was some people that were saying this could open the door Um, to for guys to get enough Ryder Cup points if they play really well, and maybe this opens the door. If the PGA America is going to let them play in the PGA Championship, will they then let them play in the Ryder Cup? At least on the the American side, the the European Tour runs the European side of the Ryder Cup, but the PGA of America, not the PGA Tour, runs the U.S. side of the Ryder Cup. I think that gets uh misclassified a lot uh, over here is a lot of viewers don't get the difference of who's running what side and of what event. And it gets confusing. So uh, yeah, majors, again, I think there's not really not much to say. They're they're doing what they're supposed to, what they should. Now, again, a lot of these guys are falling down the world golf rankings and out of the top 50, which is going to get you in to all these events, just because they're not getting any points, but past winners and guys that have won majors in the last five years are are going to be there. I mean, hell masters has what six. I think I counted six past champions on live tour or masters champions. that will, will be automatically in the field and at the champions dinner. So yeah, take any, any takes there. Yeah.
2: I just think it's going to be fun to see. That's going to be the first major of the year, obviously where we've had these guys play together. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all, how it all shakes out. Um, and, and any any pairings or any controversy, if you have like a, you know, a Dustin Johnson or a Cam Smith with a Rory, or John Rahm in the last groups. I mean, we're we're gonna see it, um, and I think it's gonna get chippy, which I think is entertaining. So, again, if we have Rory. And you know John Rom and Dustin and Cam Smith or some of these other guys. I mean, th- those would be the top guys that I would think that would even compete at a and in, in, at Augusta. Um, but if you see some of these guys, I mean, hell, if you see Sergio and Rory playing in the final group of 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 Augusta at the Masters and Augusta National, that would be that would be some good TV. Because you know Rory can't help it, and you everyone knows Sergio can't help it, so they're gonna get after it. Like, what if we got? A, what if we had a little scuffle at Augusta? You know, where guys no like just kind of. I mean, they just kind of like got in each other's face and just threw a little couple fingers, you know. No and somebody, chance. I mean, but m- no chance, but maybe not. No
0: chance. Know?
2: I mean, they wouldn't put. I wouldn't these, put it past some of these guys to get too heated. They just can't handle it. First
0: of all, it's Augusta National. They would never do anything like that at Augusta National because they Second- would
2: never come back. But
0: secondarily, we're all preppy golfers, Jay.
2: Dude, some of these guys—they're fiery. They get. I get John, it, but you put John Rom or, or Sergio. Or John Rom would maybe not at Augusta because he would maybe keep his composure. But another event, and you put somebody in in that it's guy's face.
0: Like- just like the NBA, NBA, some of the, the biggest fake tough guys I've ever seen in my life. They all these huge, <laughs> massive human beings. They always get in each other's face and they never throw punches. And they're always just like the just, just slap each other in. Oh, hold me back. Like the biggest fake tough guys I've ever seen are NBA players. They're this soft. The
2: this guy's the in the 80s. The 80s is different. And the the 80s is different.
0: And right now they're fake and soft. Yeah, um, but, well, that's
2: why they all say that Jordan would score 50 a game if he played this time. Of the,
0: yeah, absolutely. Time of so I, I don't um, know. I just don't I don't see golfers getting into it. It would be awesome. I'm curious to see what these majors do with the pairings when they, it's in their control on Thursday, Friday. Do they yeah. do they lean into the, the drama and put some of these guys that they you know, that have been outspoken on both sides? Or they do they just they make should. all live all live pairings and put them in shitty draw draws or, you know, like. No,
2: they're going to mix them up. They're going to make, they want the drama. It's going to, because just for the reason that we're talking about right now, we, I want to see Sergio and Rory play together, pair them together. That would be great. Honestly, if, if they put Rory and uh Sergio together, Rory wins the masters and he completes the grand slam. He's going to be so fired up. That guy just, he needs that. He needs that chip. He needs that drama. He's every, everything has been handed to him on a silver platter for a long time. I like the guy. Don't get me wrong, but he's a little spoiled since the time he was 16 years old. So if he has, if he, when he has something that gets him fired up, he steps up and he just doesn't, he just hadn't had it. So I like I, that would be, that would be primo. That would be primo. And like, I don't, I mean, I would love to see these guys like I don't want to see them fight like I'm not I'm not looking for a fight, but I'd like to see. Yeah, have you see a little, like to see uh, a little back chippy. and forth. Yeah, I want to see him get a little chippy. I want to see a little controversy eye, eye
0: rolls and looks. Yeah, and let's I mean, let's see walking a little in someone's to... line. And <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I think that's good. That's good because, you know, I mean, we're growing the game. We're growing the game. if We do that. Careful. More people are going to watch. More people. Are gonna...
0: uh, all people right, like drama. People like drama. People love drama. Absolutely. Uh, right. I love drama. Everyone does. So, yeah. Um, anything else, live related? I want to make our picks. We got another elevated event next two weeks. We got two elevated events. Bay Hill, the players. Um, this is a a fun time of year, and so we get some. Was it forty four? The top fifty in the world golf rankings this week. At the Arnold Palmer invitational at Bay Hill. Obviously, a very familiar golf course to anyone who's listens to this podcast. So, um yep. McLean, you didn't make any picks last week, you never got in, you officially come in last place in our DraftKings, you get one point for last week.
1: Look, when you get awarded for doing nothing, it really shows me um a flaw in the system. <laughs> I was going I to think take, it, I was gonna take it somewhere else, but I don't want to take this podcast there. So yeah. you should get zero uh, points. would uh, uh, help me and Mike. Since you've got such a big lead, I'm fine yeah. with you taking zero points. That's a privilege. <laughs> All I'll say is that's privileged. Uh, One point for doing nothing.
0: Jay won. Jay beat me, um, gets five points. I came in second, get three. So the season long point race, uh, McLean's at 56. I'm at 48. Jay is at 47. We're closing tight. the gap, closing in the in gap tight. slowly all but surely. So,
1: I like my guys this week. We'll see how it all pans out. But I do have uh, my number one spot, Mr. Will Zalatoris at 9,400. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, moving south from there, Mr. Cameron Young, 8,700. And then everyone's new favorite, Mr. Tom Kim, 8,400. Mm. 8, uh, guy who's been playing really well as of late. Uh, it's going to be the same in really my last three picks. Um, Keith Mitchell, $8,000. Uh, Shane Lowry, $7,900. That's good, good value. Team. That's good value on really Shane. Really good value for Shane. I mean, the guy, he's one of those players that just kind of can play good anywhere. His game travels very, mm-hmm. very well. Um, I think he's had a little bit of success at Uh, Bay Hill previously, regardless whether he has or not. He's just uh, one of those guys uh, I think is going to go out and get it done, finish somewhere around contention um, and could potentially win the golf tournament.
0: What would you say, Jay? Uh,
2: He's never made a cut at Bay Hill.
1: I'm just saying. Is that accurate? (laughs) It is accurate. I'm looking at it right now.
0: He's never made a cut at
2: me. He's missed four straight cuts, but he is playing well. This so I do like
1: his year. <laughs> I do like, do I do it. like, right? I do you know, like, I do dude. like he's been playing really good golf. Trying to second guess my picks, but I'm not going to fucking do it. Shane's in. It. <laughs> Shane is, fucking. you it. know what? He's probably going to freaking win. He's going yeah, to exactly. win. I hope so. I hope so. Well, the nice part is that he's, he's a guy who can win. He can uh, win. He- And then another, what I would consider a pretty good value pick, considering the recent form, is Keegan Bradley at seventy six hundred.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, nice uh, part about this field is you get some great values in DraftKings this week because you got you know the thirtieth ranked player is pretty much thirty spots down on the. uh, um, Keegan
2: Keegan has made of like eleven straight cuts at
0: Bay Hill. Was that good?
2: with, With with two, it's
1: better than Shane Lowry.
2: With three top tens,
0: <laughs> what's that? I said, "Is that any good?" He says, "Better than Shane Lowry, yeah, a little bit,
2: yeah." But yeah, there's horses for courses or courses, courses for horses. Sorry, I got that backwards.
0: I think it's either way it works. In all honesty,
2: yeah, courses for horses, horses for courses. um uh,
0: You want me? You want to go, John? You want me to go? Uh Sure, I'll I'll, I'll spit them off.
2: Um I'll start at the bottom like usual. Um, I've got—I um, I literally can't say this guy's name right. Um, well, actually, he's not at complete at the bottom, but Bazenden Hoot. Hope. Like, yeah, is that is that how you do it, Christian Bazaden Hope? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, he's been—he's, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been playing some good golf um you yeah, know made some cuts he's missed he's missed two two cuts in the last you know six or seven events so you know I you know I, I really don't know anything other than the fact that he's played somewhat decent I don't know what his course history is here it's, I actually didn't pull it's decent it's decent nothing spectacular I didn't really pull it up actually I did pull it up before
0: three, three top 20s the last three years
2: yeah he's played decent here yeah exactly right three top 20s in the last but He's playing. He's played average as of late. Nothing spectacular, but um, at seventy one hundred, um, uh, he could he could make make some moves if he makes a cut and gets a top twenty finish. That's a bonus at seventy one hundred. Uh, I'll I'll tick back to Ben Griffin, an, uh, another guy who's been playing some good golf as of late. Twenty first last week at the Honda, he missed the cut at the AT T. Uh, Pebble Beach, but before that, 31st, 32nd, 12th, 29th, 16th. So he's been playing some good golf. I don't think he he's played in this event before um, uh, on a palmer, but, but again, playing some solid golf. Again, at that price range, 6,700, you just need a guy to make the cut and accumulate some points and just play four rounds. Um, then I jump up to uh, Luke List. Um, again, a guy who is just an incredible ball striker. He's just, he's just handled his business. Um, uh, to green, not a great putter. We we've all, we've all seen those, those stats, but his putting stats, his stroke gain, strokes gain, putting stats at Bay Hill are some of his highest of any Tour event, uh, tournaments that he he's played in. So, I'm hoping that uh, at that price point, 7,300, he maximizes the return there. Um, And then I start jumping up to my higher tiered guys. I've got uh, Jason Day at 8,500. Jason's played this course really well uh, in the past. So and again, eighty five hundred bucks. That's that's a, a pretty decent price point, and and he's played well as of late. You know, he's
0: basically but, been playing like a. I was looking at some stats. He's basically been playing like a top ten player in the world like the last eight months. He just
2: hasn't just hasn't accumulated enough of the points yet. But you know, top three top tens in a row: Genesis, Phoenix, Farmers. You know, all top ten, and the Amex he finished eighteenth. He did miss the cut at the RSM, the last event in the of the twenty two. Wraparound season, and then prior to that, the um, sixteenth at the Houston, twenty-first at the Mayakoba, the CJ Cup eleventh, the Shriners eighth. I mean, he's been playing some really, really good mm-hmm. golf. So I really, I really do like him at at uh, eighty five hundred. Um, then I jump up to. Now I'll start uh, digging into the heavy hitters. Um, This guy has been playing some incredible golf. His last tournament out, finished second. Max Homa, 9700 bucks. I I don't really need to go too far into why I'm picking him. He's been playing some great golf. So I'll leave it at that. And then last but not least, um, the one player who has gained the most strokes, tee to green, of any player um, in the last 10 years at this event, Mr. Rory McIlroy, I think he he got got his two you know kind of mediocre top thirty finishes out of the way, and he gets back to uh, playing the golf that he knows how to play. And hopefully, he's not paired with anybody that he doesn't like, so he can do what he does best and play some good golf.
0: All right. Well, there's almost. I might just give you one name uh, because. You've already heard five of my six names said on this podcast. Jay has four of them.
2: Oh, are you serious? <laughs> Don't tell me you picked Justin Thomas as one of the other guys. No, I did not. Oh,
0: that's good because so,
2: that—that's anyway.
0: For the most, for the most part, my picks are a combination of recent form combined with track record at Bay Hill. Uh, except for my bottom guy, Mr. Ben Griffin, sixty seven hundred dollars. I can't believe those fucking names came out of your mouth. I'm like no one's gonna pick this guy.
2: <laughs> I picked him last week.
0: Um, just been playing solid, like Jay said. So I got him uh, at a good value. Then I go up to the reason I knew Christian Behaden's out stats so well because I picked him at seventy one hundred dollars. Has been playing decent and has a great track record at uh, Bay Hill. And then I will go up to the one name that no one said, Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, sneaky! His game starting to round and in, into form here recently, and has a very good track record at Bay Hill uh, over the years. So I go there. He does so- like it? He
2: does like it here. He's only missed one cut. He's had, I, geez, he's had uh, the, the last seven events. Everything has been in the top twenty six other than that one miscut.
0: One miscut. So two top three top tens. Look for him to have a big week, get in contention. I'm liking Tommy good for a, a sneaky top five. Um ooh, I like this, that good pick. this week. Um then I go up to who this is are you ready for a prediction this week? Who's gonna win this event? No one's ooh. gonna say this name. It's been already picked on this broad on this podcast, but I'm gonna pick him to win it. Eight thousand dollars. Keith Mitchell. It's been good. He's been playing really good. I think he's now starting to believe in his own game and like, hey, I can play with these big boys. Coming off a great um, event with at um, Genesis, top five finish. Hasn't played the best here the last couple of years, but does have um, a fifth and a sixth place finish uh, in 2020 and 2019 at Bay Hill. So he has some uh, course history. He has some good things to, to um, kind of go back to in his in his memory bank at, at hitting shots around this golf course hasn't changed that much over the years is playing well back in the Southeast where he's from. So Keith Mitchell is going to win and he's going to be put his name in there is like, yep, look out. He's coming. He can play with the big boys. Then I go up to Mr. Max Homa and Roy McElroy. You know, I, I like obviously Rahm and Scheffler were just kind of too much money. Really, Scheffler won last year. Rom plays well everywhere. He's going gangbusters. Would love to pick him. There's just just too much money um, to take those guys. But like you said, Rory and Homa um, are playing well. They both play this golf course well. It fits their games. So, um, yeah. So, I guess I'm really rooting for Tommy Fleetwood. Maybe I need him to win now to have a shot. <laughs>
2: I do like the Keith Mitchell pick. I was I was kind of looking at him hard too. Um, I I think I may uh, this week I may throw a bunch of lineups in because I think I think I hate to say this but I, I I think that there there's a pool of about thirty guys that are going to play well there and if you match if you match them up I think match them up just you right have, you could have a good you could have a good week DraftKings fan duel. Or, yeah. I mean,
0: or, I was, I was looking, look at a guy. I mean, Fitzpatrick haven't heard a ton from him. Um, at this point, he's,
2: he's got a hurt neck. So there's something, he's got something going oh, on. Okay, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So maybe that's yeah, why we that haven't he, heard from him as much.
2: But. He's kind of fighting and he's played well here in the past, but has, I think yeah. he's fighting an injury right now and that's messing up. And then Sam Ryder, another guy who's been playing some really good golf and he does like this place, but he, I don't, he withdrew last week. Um, so, or withdrew from the pro am this week. I'm not sure what's going on with him. They, yeah, they I'll have, give you another. Have,
0: I got another sneaky name that hasn't played well the last couple of years, but might be starting to get his game back into form. Gary Woodland, look out for Gary Woodland this
2: week. Really? Wow. Why? Why? Why Gary Woodland? What? What's he? What's he doing?
0: He's just playing well. I mean, look at his recent finishes. It's starting to round into form a little bit. A top ten at Genesis, I believe. Um, in Florida, where he lives, has a good track record um, at Bay Hill. So look, look, for Gary Woodland is a sneaky.
2: Does have a sneaky decent? He looks so. like it looks like he could have a a top twenty finish. Would be a good finish for Gary Woodland.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so there it is. There's our our preview always a fun event and even better now that the it's always been a strong really strong field and now it's even even stronger so it'll be a fun week hopefully they have some some good weather there and um yeah we're just in a fun fun part of the season on the pga tour there's just so many good events coming up here we've already had a couple on the west coast swing and um a bunch coming up it's full force full throttle on the pga tour which is which is fun and um and you get those chuckle fucks over at live doing their thing chuckle fucks yeah so all right gents you guys got anything else
1: no we nailed it great great stuff this week boys
0: that was fun and um we'll be back next week cheers